What's going on, Mission Driven Made community? This is your host, Jacob Straub. Stay tuned to listen to episode number four, where we learn how to become financially free. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Mission Driven Made podcast. We have a very special guest today, so make sure you stay until the end. I first met our guest about 20 years ago playing on the same junior football team. And what inspired me about his story was leaving the comfort of a very successful career to start his own business in the financial world. Today, we're going to learn a bit about entrepreneurship and also about being successful with your finances. Just a quick disclaimer, this isn't specific financial advice. Please personally contact an advisor directly to do that. I want to welcome the founder and wealth manager at Fabian Wealth Management, Matt Fabian. Welcome to the Mission Driven Made podcast, where our community helps people pursue health, wealth, and purpose in their life. How's it going today? Uh, Jake, it's going great. Great. Yeah. Um, Thanks for having me on. Uh, of course, I, I was so excited, you know, like we were talking offline a few minutes ago that you're my first finance guy on the show. I want to have a bunch of you, but you're the number one. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. I'm glad to kick it, kick it off. Of course. Uh, and this is also my first guest appearance on a podcast as well. So uh, pretty excited to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. And did I miss anything? I ask everyone this in your title when I introduced you. I want to make sure I get all of it out there. Um, it, no, that so you really nailed it from a titling perspective. I'd say the only other thing uh, from a credentialing standpoint, for you know, if that matters for for people, is I am a certified financial planner uh, professional. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And now just jumping right into it. And many entrepreneurs have quite a unique path to get to where they are. So can you kind of tell us about what your path was like to get to where you are today? Yeah, that I mean, that's such a great question. Um, and, you know, thanks for giving me the platform to discuss your journey. I don't really have too much time to, you know, think about how I, how I got here. But, um, you know, I'd say that, you know, I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh, I've always had that kind of owner mindset and mentality. And, um, you know, you know, I've had various business ideas going back to, you know, time back in Pleasanton when, you know, growing up uh, together and that kind of stuff. Um, You know, all of that is kind of in starts and stops, nothing really stuck, I guess. Um, You know, so for me, it's really been more of like the ingrained mentality or, or perspective of, you know, really being, you know, kind of your own CEO or own boss and just having that um, mentality carry you through, you know, what you're doing in, in life and, and, and how that translated into, I guess, my professional path has been, I guess, taking the road less traveled, you know, whenever there's been decisions to, you know, do something either, um, you know, maybe for, short-term gain or long-term gain, I, right. I typically take the long-term gain route, you know? So to give you an example, um, you know, right out of college, I took a 100% performance-based uh, a job at a wealth management firm in the Bay area um, with, they were only working with, you know, a mil- million dollar 
clients. Um, and my job was to bring in million dollar clients and I wasn't going to make any money until I did. Um, you know, and, and so, you know, who, who does that graduating college with, you know, a bunch of student loan debt and, and, and things like that, you know, um, you know, but, but I did because I saw the value in the experience built and, um, you know, building up, you know, a, a clientele at that point, you know, so early in one's career that it would be something incredibly valuable down the line. And, you know, here I am less than 10 years uh, out of college and, you know, I'm a, a year into having started my own business uh, in wealth management. And, you know, I would not be where I am today, you know, had I not taken those kinds of routes, you know, really pushed myself and, and, and not taken the, the short-term gain type of uh, route. I love that. I feel like there's a huge takeaway for anyone listening to sometimes do the delayed gratification route versus the instant gratification that someone would see right in front of them. So awesome. Fantastic yeah. answer. And so you're sitting there the day you decide to leave your career to start your own business. Can you explain what that was like uh, emotionally for you? Yeah, I mean, it, it was incredibly uh, uh, emotional, um, you know, and for for a variety of reasons. So I guess let me kind of set the stage yeah. uh, for what the decision entailed for me. Um, so, you know, my previous role was as a uh, the head of wealth strategy for a, a, a boutique wealth management firm in San Francisco. Um, you know, on paper, it was a great position and, uh, it was, you know, something from a professional opportunity standpoint, it was, it was great, but, uh, I had been there and, you know, it became something that I realized was not for me for, for a variety of reasons, um, typically kind of boiling down to, you know, cultural fit. And, uh, so I was looking around, um, for other firms by the time, um, you know, this was going into 2020. Um, gotcha. and, and I was interviewing and, and things like that, but I had been mulling and kicking the tires of opening up my own business, uh, for a number of years, you know, thinking about and brainstorming how I could, how I could do it. Um, but it had never been a foregone conclusion that that was what I was going to do. Um, and, you know, so I was interviewing in the early part of 2020, um, and then COVID hit and all of those, you know, the markets tanked and, uh, you know, the economy was in free fall and, you know, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. And, um, well, all of the companies that I'd been interviewing for just, you know, stopped, uh, you know, they put their, their hiring plans on, on the shelf. And the situation at my, at my position though, had deteriorated to the point where it was really starting to affect my personal life, my family life, um, my mental health. Um, and basically it was a decision that I valued my, you know, my personal health and my mental health much more than the paycheck it was providing me and my family. And so that was really the decision was to step away from, from that position, you know, in the midst of all the craziness of, of COVID, but ultimately, you know, yeah, like that's a very scary thing to do. 
uh, one. So that like, you know, all of the fear, uncertainty, doubt, you know, huge, huge elements of, of fear going into that decision. But it gave me the time and space needed to really figure out and, and, and understand what was the best path forward. Um, and, and for me, then it became an element of excitement, you know, when I really started to look into how we're, how I could make this happen and, and it became more doable. And so, you know, two weeks after having resigned is when I went all in, uh, when, you know, when I fully realized like that was, there wasn't really even a decision to be made. It was just the path forward at that point. Awesome. You get me pumped up just thinking about that. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. I've noticed too, it's so easy for people to look from the outside in and see others people's success and believe that it was easy or that it just happened overnight. So can you kind of tell us about some of the challenges you faced when you were starting the company? Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, we kind of chatted about this in the off section, but, um, you know, I think there's definitely a bit of, of um, you know, at, at this point, it's been me, myself and I at this, you know, at this, at this juncture, I don't have any employees. I don't have any partners. I've been doing this uh, for a year now by myself. And, you know, I've always been, you know, a team oriented person, team sports growing up, um, you know, going to college was part of a fraternity and in the workplace, I've always wanted to be a part of a, a team. And that has been a really hard transition. You know, even though I've always been, you know, a self-starter discipline type person, that has been a, a challenge. I think that I've under appreciated or underestimated going into it. And um, so just in general, I'd say, make sure that, you know, if you are going down this path or, or whatnot to have a support group, you know, have, have your friends have, you know, family that you check in with regularly to, you know, kind of air out what you're, what you're going through because, it can, it can get really dark if it's just you and your thoughts left to yourself in isolation. So it's a pretty safe to say if someone is looking to start their own business, they are going to face some challenges. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. Gotcha. And, and um, you know, I'd say with respect to, you know, the work behind the scenes, I mean, yeah. Yeah. There's the, the level of work ethic that goes into it. I mean, I, I'd say from the outside, yeah, it looks or it potentially looks like, you know, you know, what's the, what's the joke is, uh, after 10 years, they were an overnight success, uh, <laughs> something like that, That's you know, great. I got to um, write that one down. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, there's, there's the work, the work involves, you gotta, you gotta chop the wood, right. You, you yeah. gotta do the, do the work. And, you know, there, over the years, there's been a lot of, you know, sacrifices and things like that, you know, and those are just the kind of just, they come with the territory, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. So I want to transition now to the main part of the show and talk about being successful with your finances. Is it just me or did they not teach too much about financial literacy in school or at least high school? 
Yeah, Jake, try zero. <laughs> <laughs> okay. None. Uh, like, yeah, a big goose egg. And yeah. it's it's a shame. It it truly is a shame. In fact, I was just reading up this morning that uh, millennials, uh, yeah. our generation, uh, currently the youngest generation, uh, the youngest millennial is turning 25 this year. And we as a generation hold only 5% of the nation's wealth. Oh um, man. And to put that into perspective, Gen X, when they, when their youngest uh turned 25, so basically apples to apples comparison, yeah, they held they held nine percent of of the wealth. Oh geez. Um, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And and going to back to baby boomers, when they when the youngest turned 25, so again, apples to apples they held 21% of the wealth. And I think there's a big problem in our country. I think it goes, financial literacy is absolutely one of the biggest, big reasons for that. Now, there's also a lot of economic reasons for it. Yeah. Um, You know, but also having financial literacy is, you know, is a big element to that. And um, yeah. Awesome. And we always hear the cliche about financial freedom. What does that even mean to you? To me, uh, it really means being able to do what I want, when I want, for however long I want. That is ultimately the bottom line of how I would define financial success. You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, working to get there for sure. I got a lot of, lot, lot of, to, a long way to go for that. Um, but that's ultimately how I define it. And then, you know, ultimately then the question then becomes, what do you want? And there's, you know, the societal kind of prescripted things that, you know, we're kind of shoved down our throat, you know, it's to buy a house and, you know, get married and buy a house and have dogs and kids and, you know, buy the car and work until you're, you know, 65 and retire and golf every day, you know, <laughs> yeah, so true <laughs> that that's the, that's the prescripted, you know, society. Yeah. And, you know, that's not necessarily what I like to help clients do. Um, I like to help you know, clients when I'm working with them and, and friends and family, whoever I'm talking to is really get to the, get to the why and get to the what awesome. and, and understand how do you like, let's be, let's take a break. Let's be intentional here about what do you want your life to look like and how can we then best go, at, you know, achieve that? What, what, what are the financial resources that you have to do it? Yeah. And that's ultimately, you know, t- it's a, also kind of a mindset of yeah. realizing you have the ability to mold your future through the actions yeah. you start taking yeah. today. And Absolutely. that's also what I think it, you, you start going down the path to financial freedom the second you start thinking in that way. Awesome. And I heard something uh, recently that was very interesting. So someone was saying, if you have financial problems, it kind of doubles every other problem in your life, so to speak. And the example was, say your car breaks down and you need to change a tire. Now, not only do you have a problem with your car, you can't afford the tire now. So it was an interesting you know, way to think about 
all of that, even if it's not the most important thing to you in the world, you know, finances, it does have a really large impact. It seems like <laughs> on many other parts of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Money, money doesn't solve all problems. 100%. Yeah. yeah. But it solves money problems. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And there are a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I know this might be a little bit too general, but just say someone's young and they come up to you and they want some advice, how to be successful with their finances. Where do you start with someone? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's really, it's, it's tough because someone could come from totally different standpoints. Right. But I think, and perspectives and, and the ways they view money and, and all of that kind of stuff. So it's, it's definitely not a one size, you know, fits all. Um, and there's so much misinformation out there. Um, you know, there's so many people saying, Hey, you got to do this in real estate and this is how you become successful. Yeah. Hey, you got to do this in the stock market and this is how you become successful or this is, you got to start a business and this is how you become successful. And there's a lot of merit to those things. Um, but ultimately I think, you know, people are missing the forest for the trees here. Mm, that's good. Um, that's real good. And ultimately, you know, when you're, when you're starting out, you've, you've got to start with the basic building blocks of, yeah. of, of finances. And that's really understanding, you know, how money works and re really the, the ultimate key to long-term financial success isn't about, you know, how you do the investment analysis and, you know, what are the, uh, you know, rents going for real estate and, you know, how am I going to start up this business and sell it in 10 years? It's really, it's really not any of those things. Now, of course, those are part of it, Yeah. but you have to start with the, with the basics. And, and ultimately that boils down to behavioral aspects mm. of how you deal yeah. with money on a day-to-day -day basis. How do you view it? Uh, what are your, what are your money habits? There are good money habits are bad money habits. And, you know, I actually just finished reading Morgan Housel, uh, who is a, you know, prolific, um, you know, finance writer, blogger, very active on Twitter. Anyway, what was, what was the last name? Housel. Housel. Okay. I'm going to have to H-O-U-S-E-L. Gotcha. Yeah. And he just wrote a book called the psychology of money. I highly oh, recommend it. Oh, that okay. I've seen that one. I I didn't recognize the author's name, but I I've heard of that book. Yeah, and I mean, he basically just lays out a very well-written argument and, you know, 200 pages or so that financial success boils down primarily to behavioral characteristics or behavioral traits. Gotcha. Um and that's, you know, what I would have, you know, I'd say one, it's, it's, it's understanding how money works and how you work with money. And that's why it's so different for every person, right? Gotcha. But if I had to say, if there's one thing starting yeah. out, and, and I think there is one thing, um, how you actually do it is different for every person, but there is one thing. And that is, it's all predicated on mastering cash flow, And that is understanding how money works, right? So managing what's coming in, what's going out, how much are you saving? How much are you investing? Where's the money going? Um, if you can't master cash flow, if you don't understand 
how money is flowing in and out of your bank accounts and your all of your you know your your life basically you're you're feeling around in the dark at that point and and that and that's also why you know i think there's so much you know this goes into the financial literacy thing this goes into not understanding how money works it goes into the behavioral characteristics of i think that's one of the reasons why there's you know the robin hoods of the world and the wall street bets of the world because everyone doesn't understand or not everyone i shouldn't say everyone a lot of people don't understand what are the basic building blocks of building long term success and it's not sexy and it's not flashy but that's not what people want they want the quick fix they want to you know, invest in the next game stop that goes to the moon. <laughs> you know, they, they want to invest in Bitcoin because it's going to change the world and it's going to become the new global, you know, monetary standard. All of these things are, you know, kind of hopeful dreams that will make them rich. And maybe, maybe it will, but, you know, that's like buying a lottery ticket. And if you win the lotto saying that you had a good investment strategy. It's not, it's not, it can, it can work. It works for the people who win the lotto, but your probability of success is very slim. Gotcha. Uh, So kind of a similar question. So someone came up to you in one long-term investment strategies. Is it kind of the the same answer? You're going to start with the behavioral aspect first and and understanding cash flow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. Um, And in terms of, you know, an, an investment strategy, is that the question? Yeah, like long term. If someone, again, will say uh, has a, you know, small amount of knowledge about finances, makes an average salary, hasn't invested before, you know, is quote unquote average, I guess you could say, and is looking for smart long term investment strategies. Yeah, I mean, I think I would just take a chart of the S&P 500 and, and zoom out you know, zoom out over 10, 20, 50, 100 years and just show show them, you know, what does it do? It, it goes up and to the right. And of course, there's volatility, you know, yeah. in, in the financial crisis, the stock market went down like 57% or something like that. And last year, the stock market went down 35% in three weeks, you know, because of COVID. Yeah. So yes, it's 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 volatile for sure, but we're talking about long term, right? Uh, yeah. If we're looking at long term, you know, the odds become heavily stacked in your favor the longer your time horizon go go out. I believe I'd I'd have to look up the the stat. I can send it yeah. to you afterward, but I, I believe it's either every. 15 or 20 year rolling periods going back a hundred years in the stock market that 15, every, uh, you know, 15 year rolling period or 20 year rolling period that they 100% of the time have positive annualized returns in the S and P 500 gotcha. going back a hundred years. So, you know, if you talk about having odds stacked in your favor, if I yeah. told you, you put money in the stock market for the next 10, 15, 30 years, which yeah. really at least, you know, you and I are talking about that long in terms of like when we'd theoretically be retiring. 
uh, and someone just starting out, you know, absolutely. We're, we're talking about holding periods of, you know, at least 20 years plus. Right. Right. Um, now, of course, if someone wanted to invest for real estate or something else with a shorter time horizon, then the, the, the recommended portfolio would be different. Um, but if we're talking about long-term retirement, you know, yeah, just take a look at the S and P 500 over the long term, and that's where I would start with them for sure. So when you say S and P 500, are you saying like maybe invest in index funds type of a thing? Yeah, I mean, so getting into like specific, um, you know, uh, security selection and things like that. Yeah, I mean, you can be the market. It's super gotcha. cheap, right? I mean, yeah, just invest in the you know Vanguard. S and P 500, uh, in, you know, ETF costs you like three basis points or something like that, you know, super cheap. Awesome. Um, and, and, and you can be the market, um, you know, definitely believe in that over the long term, the market's pretty, pretty darn efficient. Gotcha. So, yeah. Awesome. And I'm personally a huge proponent of IRAs. So I wanted to see, what your opinion about IRAs are, and if you can expand a little bit what an IRA is, or excuse me, a Roth IRA. Yeah, yeah. So um, Roth IRAs are, are great. It, they're part of the new, well, not new, I shouldn't say new, but they're relatively newer in the tax code, like over the last 20 years or so. And, and they differ from traditional IRAs. So I guess let me just, just explain a traditional IRA and then uh, a regular IRA as well. So a traditional IRA, uh, it stands for individual retirement account, uh, basically, or, and it's taxed just like a 401k as well, or treated, um, where you're able to put money into an account and you get a tax deduction for that contribution against your income taxes in that year. The funds in the account grow tax deferred. And then when you pull money out, it's then taxable to you. Gotcha. So it's a front end benefit from a tax perspective, but then taxed on the back end. Gotcha. A Roth IRA is basically the reverse of that. You don't get the initial tax benefit of a tax deduction in the year of contribution. It grows tax deferred or tax free, really, because when you take money out of it, if you satisfy the holding requirements and things yeah. like that, which I won't get into, but if you do that in retirement, you're not taxed in it at all. So you have all the gains in the account, you know, over the years, tax, uh, tax free at that point. So it's, it's very beneficial. It can, it's, it's something that it can be very powerful for clients. And it's often, you know, something that I use, um, as a planning tool to optimize for tax efficiency uh, over a client's wealth strategy over the long, over the long term, but it's going to be you know very you know everything that I do for for clients individual recommendations very tailored and personalized to their specific plan strategy yeah. where they are. So it's it's hard to say you know give a blanket kind of general statement yeah. of you know this is a tried and true thing everyone should do it. it there's no silver yeah. bullets in planning like, like that, you know, but I do think moving forward, given, you know, the political climate of, of taxes and everything like that, I, I personally do believe that we're at, you know, kind of a low at point right now 
uh, for taxes in general, income taxes or and capital gains taxes. I mean, we're seeing yeah. it now uh, with uh, you know President Biden's uh, plan to increase taxes for those who earn more than five four four hundred thousand dollars a year potentially raising capital gains rates as well for, you know, millionaires. And, you know, given the political climate, it is also probably likely that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act under President Trump will most likely expire. Um, That's something that a lot of people don't know is that they were only a temporary cut in taxes. Uh, That law will most likely expire in uh, 2026. Which would revert, which would revert the tax rates to pre-tax cuts and jobs act. So basically, Obama era, uh, President Obama era taxes, which which would increase taxes for those who earn less than four hundred thousand. Got it. Um, again, you know that's in the future, and we'll see right where that ends up. But I, I think we're basically kind of b- bottom line is that taxes will be going up for really the foreseeable future, most likely for yeah. most of our lives, especially considering, you know, the amount of fiscal spending that the, yeah. you know, central government <laughs> is, is, is doing, yes. uh, federal, you know, that they're, that they're spending, they're going to have to pay for this stuff somehow. Yeah. Um, so anyway, long story short is if you're able to get assets into a tax-free account like a Roth and taxes go up, there it's even that much more beneficial to you in the long term. Awesome. And I could tell uh, you've been doing this for a long time because so I've been studying, you know, Roths for a little bit and how you just explained it to me. It's like two more light bulbs went off in my head. <laughs> it, it just made more sense. So I could totally tell you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah, you learn some <laughs> tricks of the trade, right? You how yeah. to explain things uh, in in pretty simple terms. It's um, it, and, and that's really what it's all about is being able to communicate, you know, uh, these concepts for sure. So. Is that something you do with your clients a lot? Kind of explain to them these things, um, or is it more of like just do this, this, and this? No, there, it, it's a lot more of the former, a lot more awesome. uh, education involved, explaining how things work and why, Got you it. know, certain strategies make sense or don't make sense or things like that. There's definitely a lot of education involved. And honestly, it's probably, you know, I think you probably sensed I kind of lit up explaining yeah. the, like these things, um, you know, it's probably one of the more satisfying elements of the, of the, uh, you know, of, of the role is being able to, you know, uh, just work with people and, and, and help them to, you know, teach them really awesome. how, how this stuff works. Fantastic. All right. Cryptocurrency. Let's talk cryptocurrency. I heard you mention it uh, a few minutes ago. Where do you see this going short-term and long-term? And if, Again, you have any general recommendations for people? <laughs> <laughs> uh, digital assets. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do believe that we're, there's, there's a shift going on to, the, to digital assets, not just cryptocurrency. You know, cryptocurrency is just a sliver of digital assets as a whole. And, you know, I don't know who's going to be the winner out of all of this. Um, right now, you know, Bitcoin is the, 
the leading horse for a variety of reasons. I think, you know, from a technologically technological standpoint, the protocol scarcity value, there's reasons why it's done well. But, you know, as a wealth advisor, I see digital assets as a kind of alternative asset class that can fit into a broader portfolio strategy for clients. Now, obviously that depends on who I'm talking to, where they are in their life, their time horizon, their risk profiles and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, and definitely given the high level of uncertainty and volatility associated with the asset class, you know, uh, really only a small allocation is, 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 is prudent, but I, I do believe, and for whatever, for what it's worth, I think there is a big risk to advisors, to wealth managers that, you know, don't, or are slow to adopt, you know, digital assets into their framework of how gotcha. they think about portfolio construction. Gotcha. What would you say is the biggest myth with wealth building? Just like, you know, in the fitness industry, you know, you, you see those all the time. <laughs> it's what it's known for. But what about in the, in the financial world? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one, and it's pretty pervasive, and I think it stops a lot of people from trying to aspire to whatever their creative uh, endeavors might be, um, and living an authentic life and, and making a living out of it. Crazy, you know, mind-blowing newsflash is that you can do those things. <laughs> you can make a living by living your authentic life and uh, and, and following your, your passions. But, you know, I think the biggest myth is that you have to be some incredibly smart or entrepreneurial person. You know, today's society, we glorify billionaires and we put them on pedestals. We, we praise the, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world that built some app and, you know, went and on to be incredibly successful. And, uh, or that you have to get a PhD in astrophysics and get hired by some Wall Street hedge fund um, to make you know millions of dollars, and it creates this men mental image for people that yeah you have to be some phenom um, that is just not true in terms of wealth building uh, or or living a more authentic life that you'd, you know, that you can kind of unburden yourself from with uh, the, the, the corporate way or something like that, you know, and, you know, I think also, you know, that's very destructive to wealth building as well, because if you're not living an authentic life, you know, then, then you're probably also going to be spending your money on things that are band-aids to uh, the, you know, internal anguish that you might have because you're gotcha. not happy and and those things don't actually solve the problem so you're yeah. con constantly looking for the next fix to make you you know feel better or give you yeah. that purpose and you know that's why people go in and out of fads so much and all this kind of kind of stuff and anyway you know i think um so but i i do believe that there's a, a large myth out there that you have to be particularly smart or, or have some amazing business idea. And that's just, it's just not true. There's, it's not, you know, all or nothing like that. I awesome. mean, but in society, we definitely, you know, 
idolize the people that are just be beyond worldly successful. No one, yeah. no one needs to try to aspire to those, those heights. Well, that's a uh, great news in my opinion <laughs> with everything you just said. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're living, breathing proof right now that you, you don't have to go the prescripted path and, and you can yeah. figure out a way to, uh, you know, make a living and provide for, you know, your family and be successful and, and have fun while you're doing it and do the things that you want to be doing. You know, you're, you're specifically, you know, you, this podcast wouldn't exist if you didn't want to be actually doing it. You know, no one's telling you that you need to do it. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And and now, um, are you able to give us a little sneak peek into your portfolio? doesn't have to be specific, just type of things you invest in or anything you're working on. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, practicing what you preach. Um, so, you know, I just wouldn't be able to like live with myself if I'm like over here, like, you know, gambling and these stocks and day trading and all this stuff while preaching, Hey, long-term asset allocation, like diversified <laughs> portfolios, yeah. low cost, da, 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 da. So that's, I mean, there's really nothing too exciting with, with what I do. Um, it's, you know, portfolio strategy of, you know, diversified primarily ETFs, you know, stocks, bonds. And uh, I do have a bit of crypto that, you know, over the last year has become a bigger a- allocation than, uh, you know, is probably prudent at this point um, because of how well it's done. Um, so I guess, you know, good problems to have it's, uh, there you, go. you know, argument for rebalancing the portfolio, keeping the risk tolerance in line. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, nothing too, too, too sexy or exciting there. Um, you know, other than that, I've been plowing money into Fabian wealth management. Um, awesome. and so that's, you know, when you look at the balance sheet, uh, that's the biggest asset for sure. Um, so I've got awesome. a, a high concentration in a, in a very illiquid private asset <laughs> <laughs> That's that, great, uh, you know, uh, God willing and knock on wood only becomes more valuable over time. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm definitely rooting for you. And so, uh, this is going to be, um, the last part of the show. I want to give you the floor for the last minute or two. Um, can you give our listeners a few concrete steps that they can take today they want to be financially free or as you put it, you know, live their authentic life. Yeah, no. Uh, so that's, that's great. And uh, thank you for kind of the um, free range here. Um, of course. You know, I'd say one, um, you know, kind of, I, I definitely like giving practical tips to, to, to people. And obviously this, this is going to depend on who's listening and all that kind of stuff, but I highly recommend tracking uh, your financial picture on an ongoing basis. I've got financial planning tools that allow me to do it very sophisticated. It integrates into basically an entire, you know, holistic wealth plan and strategy. You don't need that though. I've been a user of mint.com for a decade before I started using my planning tools. Um, I, yeah, I remember like I'm a big fintech kind of geek 
I, I'm always seeing the new thing coming out and, and, and just tinkering with it. And when Mint came out, we were in college and, I, and, I, and I've been using it ever since. And you download the app, you link up your accounts and it tracks the flows. It tracks your income. It tracks your expenses. It categorizes things. You're able to make budgets. Um, there's a lot more stuff to it. It's a basically like a financial planning light tool and it's free. Now you have to deal with, the, you know, with the ads, they're going to, you know, try to sell you like, you know, uh, car loans and, and credit cards and <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, but whatever, you know, they can, they, they can have my data for, for, uh, you know, good financial habits, um, and just get in the habit of, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever it is, like just start tracking and you'll start to see trends. You'll start to see where your money is going and you'll be able to say, you know what? I didn't realize I spent so much money on, I mean, the, the, the joke is, is coffee or avocado toast or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know what it is, but you know, maybe you spend a lot of money at in and out or something like that. I mean, yeah. here in California, it's really hard to not go to in and out. Um, <laughs> yep. but you'll start to see things and you'll say, you know what, that's really not where I want my money going. I'd rather have it go yep. to savings. I'd rather have it go to books or I'd rather have, you know, I'd rather it. I don't, I don't know. That's where it's so impersonal, right? Like, but you're able, the knowledge is power right? You don't know what you don't know. And if you don't track things, if you don't understand the flows, the cash flows, then you, then you're really, again, you're, 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 you're feeling around in, in the dark. You know, my wife and I, we have budget dates every month. We go over what's happened over the last month and we track what's going to go over the, what's going to happen over the next month. Amazing. And, you know, I highly recommend it if you're, uh, if you're married and, and, and have, you know, joint finances, and even if you don't have joint finances, that's okay too. But being on the same team about it, uh, makes a lot of sense. Um, so that, that's one practical thing. It's free. Go use it. Mint.com. Uh, they should pay me for this, but they don't. So (laughs) you'll have to get sponsored. Yeah. Yeah. You hear that into it. <laughs> Give awesome. me your money. No, just kidding. Um, so, and then, you know, again, that kind of dovetails into living the authentic life is, is, you know, being able to start, take a step back and think about where do you, what do you want to be doing? Where do you want your money to be going and start crafting that, that life that you, you want for yourself. And if it's, if it's starting a business and getting out of corporate America, well, good on you and start saving (laughs) because you're going to have to learn how to, you're going to have to make it on no income for a while. And there's going to be startup costs and all that kind of stuff. So you got to start saving for that. And, you know, you got to know where the money is going to be able to start doing things like that. Um, So I think it really, it's really integral to everything. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, where can people connect with you or if they wanted to hire you, I'm going to link everything in the show description for you. Yeah. No, uh, so uh, pretty active on, on Twitter. Um, so you can uh, find me. My handle is at Matt Fob. Uh, that's Matt with two T's and Fob is F A U B. 
uh, that goes back to uh, high school days. All my friends used to call me Fob, short for my last name, Fabian. So uh, you can find me there, um, pretty active. And then also my website is uh, Fabian, last name, WM for wealthmanagement.com. Uh, I've got a blog, I've got a podcast. Uh, that you can see kind of my insights and, and, and whatnot. So you can read up on me um, and just in general, check out my, you know, my business there. And yeah, I'd say those are, you know, and my con- all my contact information is there as well. So if you're interested, you can reach out for sure. Would love to have a conversation. Perfect. Perfect. And uh, thank you everyone for tuning in to the Mission Driven Made podcast. If you found value in this, please like, subscribe and share. Matt, thank you so much for bringing value to all our listeners today. And thank you for being mission driven. Yeah, thanks, Jake. So, so glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course.